0: This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. And now we will explore some true facts about Bacon Sale. Joel's Quick Wits Improv Group is actually quite rated R. What? Kent actually loved the film for the Dark World. I knew it. Jake hasn't actually murdered anyone, but he keeps people tied up in his cellar. And now it's time for episode 101. <laughs> hey everyone! Welcome to Bacon Cell. Wow! I'm Joel. I'm Kent and Jacob from my basement where I have kids tied up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, I was trying to think what you were going for. You're still like the Smucker's guy. It's like Smucker's so, right? Okay, he broke Look, for a second there. It was like there is there's
0: this rah, guy named rah. Z Frank on YouTube where he basically yeah. does an impression of Morgan Freeman. Yeah. That was me doing an impression of him doing an impression of Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. And basically what it became was. I'm Tom Shane. That's what it was. Want to take <laughs> Tom sweet? Shane. You want some totally true facts about Bacon Cell? I'm Tom Shane. Would you like
1: to hear my Morgan oh, Freeman voice? I knew I should have got you to do it instead. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Uh, That's Morgan why I got you guys to do it. Yes, exactly. Uh, but thank you for everyone who listened to our hundredth show last time. We had a, a quiz. We had listeners on. It was a lot of fun. Did we? It was drama behind and in front of the scenes. My favorite thing was uh, when one of the listeners, I think it was maybe Sam, but one of them said, "Yeah, we were there recording for like two and a half hours." and we got like an hour and 10 and I'm like okay we weren't recording the whole time <laughs> it took a long time to get it prepped and then we you know had things but I, I also just want to give a public thank you to Kent for adding in all the special effects and sound effects it, it really made it a lot more fun than, it, than maybe it was at the time when I'm like oh my <laughs> gosh how's this show gonna turn out no listening to it again I thought it was great and I want to thank
0: you Jake for coming up with the questions <laughs> <laughs> really that's all anyone
1: you want to thank for coming up with the questions Jacob
0: my wife, yeah, actually. They, oh yeah. yeah.
1: They, Wait, how do you know that? You
0: told me. Oh I did. Yes. If, thank Joel for something.
1: Joel, Just do it. Joel, thank I you. I brought
0: treats. Thank you. He brought, you brought for treats which neither you or I can eat. Kent and I with yeah. your Sour Patch Kids and uh cookies. 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 My gosh, you yeah. brought cookies and candy. But I did.
1: That what I we would could
0: not eat. What I would really like to ask of the listener is to let us know. If we should do another quiz show like that, because we had a lot of fun. Should we give spoiler alert to actually who won the the listener? Well, it's not really a spoiler alert now. Yeah, I was going to say he is the listener now. So, congratulations, Sam! You were woo. good at something. <laughs> oh, he's Just smiling like right now for a limited time because I would like to do this again. Maybe more focused on Bacon Sale next time. I would really like to make it a quiz on how well they know the show. You know, it'd be fun if we actually it had listener
1: create a quiz to see how well we know Bacon Sale. Probably not well. No, you didn't even know my mantra. I didn't. Pfft, your fake <laughs> mantra. I didn't. I couldn't remember one of my band names. That's sad. You didn't know any of them. No, that when they said I could one. have said a combination of any two words, and I would have said yeah, probably. That's it. Yep, yeah, Yep. Yeah. sure. But it's like someone actually called me up there. Like, couldn't remember uh, Succubus of Charisma. And I said, "Well, it was a darker band. We were on a lot of caffeine at the time, so I don't remember a <laughs> lot of those days." You blocked it oh, out. A lot I of did. caffeine.
0: But really, if you
1: guys would uh, like another quiz show,
0: yes, we're going
1: to tighten it up a
0: little bit, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So maybe in a couple months we'll do this again. Yeah, we'll see. Because we we did iron out some kinks. We're gonna get we some stuff yeah. figured out. No, oh, there's lots of notes. I took lots of notes on what I'd like to do differently next time, and I think it was actually a pretty good jumping off point to what could be a very fun, entertaining quickly recorded show yes Yes. next time yeah so that was episode 100 here's hoping for
1: 25 more exactly at least (laughs) least. we're going for that all right guys it's 101 shows oh i'm ready for this show we are ready we're gonna be discussing the next karate kid karate
0: kid versus the the remake of karate kid i'm i'm gonna take the next karate kid on this one because i really think hillary swink really brought a new level to the franchise. No,
1: no, you're a swankhead like the rest of them. All the fans <laughs> out there. Whereas oh, I thanks, think Jayden. I think I think that jaden smith's portrayal of the karate kid really brought to life i can't even do this guy <laughs> <laughs> right now the listeners really No, <laughs> really like
0: wait a minute this is not what i saw i on was the cover. preparing an argument like actually in that movie it was more kung fu kid
1: because it wasn't really <laughs> karate proper uh, no and and uh, we we did talk about rehashing like doing all of our shows over again mm-hmm. uh, but that's not gonna who
0: wants out. to who wants another millennial show
1: Someone, someone probably does. No, there's yeah. uh, a suggestion uh, on our uh, future episodes. What would we list. do? We covered everything that anyone needs to know about millennials. No, it's actually, the title was Millennial 2, even more millennially. Ew. <laughs> 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 I guess you just get uninvited to Hilton Day again.
0: What we're really talking <laughs> oh. about today.
1: <laughs> I got invited long, a
0: long time ago. What are we going to talk about today, Jacob? We're going to actually try and convince you, listener. This is a sales pitch, this episode. We're going to try and tell you. We have
1: a timeshare (laughs) that we would love. (laughs) It's in Kent's mom's basement. I will give you a Best Buy $50 gift card if you come (laughs) and listen right now. It's his sister's house in Kaysville. (laughs) You have to watch dogs. You have to watch dogs and change diapers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There it is. But uh, anyway. No, we want you to
0: know that not all documentaries are boring. In fact, if you haven't watched them, Joel and Kent have prepared a list of documentaries that you will enjoy? What do you guys want to say? Like, well, how good are these?
1: Because I, I know every time you say documentary to someone, they basically picture a camera filming grass growing. Or, or like Ken Burns talking about the Civil War. Which, man, his voice, fantastic. Sure. And I, but I think, it is like a seven-part series. And it is. It, it gets dry. It is. And it's, that's why I think they have a bad reputation. So when you say documentary, people get really kind of, I don't know about that. So Kent and I decided we wanted to create a starter kit of documentaries these are easily accessible, uh, s- pretty entertaining documentaries that we approve of wholeheartedly. Yes. And so we came up with a list. Can you want it, to It's funny, that? too, because I'm like, hey, Joel, let's do a ranking show. We haven't done a ranking show in a while. Let me know now, what are your top five documentaries? Oh, we should also mention, we, we did talk about doing this show a while back, but we, this was a listener-submitted idea oh, yeah. as well. Uh, Blake Densley uh, you to it Blake. submitted to us. We put it on our official list. We do have an official list of uh, show ideas and uh, we do put the names of who suggested them. So if it's a terrible show, we know who to blame. Yes. And if you have any more ideas, anyone out there, please please share them with us.
0: Yeah. So you've got a list of,
1: what, 10? Yes. And 10. we're going to be counting backwards from 10. Well, and what happened was they, we said, okay, I'll do, well, what do we do with the top five? You give your top five, I'll give my top five. And so Kent right. and I were both like, okay, yeah. So we're messaging back and forth. And I went, Kent, are you concerned about overlap? And Kent said, I'm concerned about body odor. And I said, well, we're not talking about you right now. <laughs> And so I said, well, let me share just, with you. I'm following the, wherever yeah. this is going. I said, let me share with you my five. And so I sent him my five that I was considering. It was very preliminary. And he wrote back, ha, and then he sent me his list. And it was basically three out of five match. I think it was yep. four out of five. Was actually. it four out of five? Yes, it was four. Yeah. So then we went, okay, well, we got to think of another angle for this. And we had a bunch of honorable mentions that we wanted to talk about. So what we're doing instead is we instead of doing our favorite, yes, we are going
0: to somewhat rank these. They're ranked. But these are the 10- documentaries that we really think people should watch. And they hear they're going to, everyone's every one of them are going to be different. Yes. And this is the first time on bacon sale. You guys have collaborated to make a single list. We came together. Right. And this is, this right. is unique. now like this has not happened before. So you have both Joel and Kent have approved this
1: list. This With is all, a bacon powers combined. sale
0: approved list yes. of documentary. And can
1: they went through that you can, w- that you can watch that will took, be entertaining. Yeah. We took the top 10 and we said, okay, I think this one should be number four. Well, I think it should be number three. Well, what about this one? Number 10. That sounds good. Well, this one, number one, we agree on it. But at the same time, Kent and I have not seen all of the documentaries on the list. There's some that I've seen that he hasn't. There's mm-hmm. some that he's seen that I haven't. I tried to get one of them. didn't work out. We'll talk about oh, we it. Oh, dang it. Okay. All right. But uh, we, through discussing what the movies were about, we kind of figured where they should go. So now we will start with number 10. All right. And we will go through and uh, we will discuss your documentary starter kit. If you're still with us, and yes, we're talking about documentaries. We're going to use long droning voices. The whole time. Yes. <laughs> Number? No, no. Because these are good documentaries. These are exciting documentaries, and you're going to like them. If I'm being honest here, like I, I, said, watched, sales pitch.
0: I watched all of these documentaries on dates. What? Yes. Because these documentaries... No wonder you're single. This is why you single. That's <laughs> what I was just going to
1: say.
0: <laughs> That's what we're gonna that actually cuts really deep. <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. I want to know why you're watching documentaries on dates. Because I am a film snob. And if there was a movie like, for example, our number one, I knew it was going to be a good time. And let's not go there yet. Right. But I knew. What was going to be a good time? Then watching a documentary. It's always a good time. No, so, uh. some of these documentaries, they, they they make you think, and it's not just watching a movie where you turn your brain off and then whatever, mm-hmm. and you, you make out. So you're whatever. not talking about the date. This, you,
1: you didn't make out through. This is uh, why he likes these documentaries. <laughs> these documenters? No, it's because. you like talk about the slaughter in after, Syria, and Kent's like, come here, baby. It's like, mm-hmm. you want to watch
0: Food Inc. and <laughs> make out? Yeah, Food Inc. is a big one.
1: No, for me, it is.
0: You can, you can watch a movie and then you talk about
1: it after. And it's kind of a shared experience. It was also interesting. And I, I talked to my kids about, they, they actually are, are Bacon Cell fans now. We listen to it in the car a lot. I'm sorry. So keep a family-friendly Yes. Uh, but they, sorry when I said kids. documentaries, they were like, what's a documentary? And I realized they'd never really seen one. And so I talked to them a little bit about it. And my, my daughter said, oh, is this like when it says like based on a true story? And I was like, no, 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 no. No. Um, (laughs) So they don't get to watch documentaries, and you punish them for not knowing Basically, Uh, (laughs) But though I I had to explain to them that this isn't made up, this isn't like, you know, this is essentially them pointing a camera and saying, here's what's happening, and making it real. I'm trying to think of any example they would have. Like, do you have them watch Modern Family? You know, they're
0: a bit young. No. Okay, but like a setting like that, where there's an interview-type show. No. That would be the
1: closest thing that maybe a kid has seen. Probably, or although they have like, you know, some of them like... Well, there's uh, Disney things. There's the Disney ones, like yeah. the, the... Planet Earth. Planet and Earth. And the, no, there's the baby's one. No, oh, yeah. Um, with the baby elephant or... We're getting off into the movie. I know what you're talking we about. Are. Yeah. But, All right. Yeah. But the short point version is they actually were interested in some of these. And okay. So I'm going to show some of these to my kids too. Well, not some of them, but other ones. Number 10, and I'm going to give details as we go, but number 10 is called
0: Spellbound. That was a great Paula Abdul album. <laughs> Yeah, it was, huh? Yeah. Wasn't there a uh, Brennan Fraser? Is that real? And Are you making it up? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think my mind just shot off with a random synapse, and I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's kind of how Bacon Cell goes. So
1: Spellbound came out in 2003. Just want to give the plot real quick. Just IMDb, so it's very short. Uh, actually, it came out in May 1991 and featured hits such as Promise of a New Day, Rush, Rush, uh, <laughs> Vibology, and Blowing Kisses in the Wind, and Will You Marry Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you sing? Will you marry me, boy? <laughs> I was just asking. <laughs> Thank you so much. Is that much. the only one? You you can
0: sing because that off, would be disappointing. Off
1: that album, may Oh, I'm no! What was the first one again? Rush, rush, keep it down. Now, now. What was the first one? The promise of a new day. Oh yeah, the yeah. You know, promise of yeah. a new yeah, day. Yeah, we all know that one. Yeah, vibology. I don't know. Yeah, that's can you make it up, please? Yeah, vibology. Yes, yeah. that's, that's easy. That's uh, split in the back circle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kent, back to you. Should we talk about <laughs> documentaries today? <laughs> yes.
0: So Spellbound follows eight teenagers on their quest to win the 1999 National Spelling Bee. Now,
1: Kent, you're starting off with a Spelling Bee contest. Yes. And I have not seen this one. It's, it's in my queue, actually. Like, my Netflix queue, along with my kid could paint that and a bunch of other documentaries mm-hmm. I haven't seen yet. But why are you starting off our top ten with a spelling bee, like those are pretty boring, right? And they're all just smart kids, anyway. So who cares?
0: This is number ten, except for a uh, number ten, though. Of great documentaries, I have several honorable mentions. I do too. This movie is tense. You yeah? feel the nerves as the kids go stand up, and they get words such as "You try to spell
1: these real quick." Okay, I'll do it. I'll, I will. Okay, encephalon. Um, what is the country of origin? Um, <laughs> it is uh Ukraine. Can you spell it in the sentence? Can you use it in the sentence, please? Yes.
0: I saw a large encephalon. <laughs> encephalon. E-N-C-E-P-A-C-Y. See? And at that point in the movie... No. At <laughs> that at that point in the movie, a kid would have fainted. And you see this. They capture this on camera where kids get up there. So what they do is they interview kids beforehand. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, hey, your name is Harry. And by the way, Harry is the character of the movie. He is... Really strange. When you say character, you mean like He is the bizarre. most zany. Like he feels like he's almost like a written character because he's such a strange kid. Okay. And he just, he talks sorry to the camera. Sorry if you're listening, Harry. <laughs> sorry, Harry. <laughs> he talks to the camera <laughs> like a robot and you just kind of laugh because he's actually, I mean, they're all adorable. But they're so smart. Their whole lives have been dedicated to this. Their parents are pushing them. It's almost like a pageant sort of thing. It does feel like a pageant. Except they are up there to maybe spell 10 words and and win for whatever purpose. But it is so captivating. Uh, and by the way, some other words? Logaria. Can you spell Logaria? I don't
1: practice Logaria.
0: L <laughs> uh, A G. No. Nope. This movie is rated G um, because it has a couple of adults smoking in two scenes. Wait, do you have to say why it's G? And the last. it's <laughs> like saying what it doesn't have. <laughs> the last rounds get intense in a way a sporting event might. Oh,
1: there you go. <laughs> Where do you get these Ooh. explanations? That's
0: the Parents Guide on IMDb. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to read. If I am ever bored, yeah. I just go read the Parents Guide. Yeah, it's fun. But so you can you cannot find this one on Netflix. You have to rent it from DVD Netflix or any digital source. So whether it's Vudu or iTunes, or whatnot. I did check the local library and they did not have it. Okay, because the library would actually be a good source for many of these. Yeah, a lot of these do are, are there. So I found this one really interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about trivia. I don't want to get too deep on this one, but oh, go for it. I looked at like all the kids because there are eight kids at features, and you see is that legal after your restraining order. <laughs> it's the movie. The documentarian follows the eight kids, ah. and the thing is, all of these kids went to college and they got uh, masters in great things like it from NYU they're all brilliant kids mm-hmm. and granted you can see that because they're all on this national spelling bee cuz you always wonder when, when you see those spelling, kids it's it's like it's, yeah it's like what does that give them in, uh, an edge in life yeah like for example one of the girls at MTV is like uh hey can we follow you and just do a series on you do like while you're going to college and she that turned was, it down and that was because- Sookie. <laughs> and it was sucky. she her life fell apart. <laughs> and the parents are so into this. You you've got to see this movie. I honestly think the kids will really enjoy this. Okay. Because you kind of feel the pressure of just being But I don't my kids watching that and be like,
1: "I want to join the spelling bee."
0: Yeah, maybe not. I want I want to spell uh
1: seguidilla. All right. S E G W No. Nah. R A No. G M Silent Q. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but here's just a fun fact about it. So there's a kid named Ted, and his school was really excited for him to go to the National Spelling Bee. Uh-huh. So they said, Ted's our champ. And, and so they, they made this it. huge marquee, and they misspelled champ. It was C H yeah. C H A P M.
1: No. no. Ch- Ted's our champ.
0: And it's huge marquee spells on the news everything. That feels like it's on purpose. Oh, man, that's bad. Yeah, so... Watch Spellbound. This is probably the lightest, maybe, of all of these documentaries. And Kim would also say it's great to make out to. <laughs> no, no. I don't think any of these are. <laughs> but yes, definitely watch Spellbound.
1: Uh, no, probably not any of them. Well, maybe, but okay. You should. All right, Joel. All right. Uh, number nine. Number nine is Hoop Dreams.
0: Oh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio?
1: Yes. Right? No, no. One of his first movies? No, that's Basketball Diaries. okay. Uh, Hoop Dreams actually is a sports movie, a sports documentary, which may surprise some of you, but I'm just going to read the description here. The film follows William Gates and Arthur Ackie, two African-American teenagers who are recruited by a scout from St. Joseph High School in Westchester, Illinois. Uh, and so it's just following these two boys who have dreams of becoming NBA players. Like, recruited from a high school? No, no. They're, they're in high school. Oh, okay. They're recru- like they're, they're, yeah, they're looking to become pro players. Okay. And so it just follows these two boys. And this was supposed to be just a 30 minute short film for PBS, but it eventually led to five years of filming and over 250 Whoa. hours of footage. Wow. Now, not all the footage is in there. It actually runs about two hours and 50 minutes, though. So it's pushing three. But it's one yeah. of those movies that you just kind of, it's amazing to watch the different paths that these two kids take because both of them want to go to the same place. They both want to play in the pros, mm-hmm. they both want to be basketball stars. But it's the whole question of will they get there or not. And on the, along the way, the film raises a number of issues like about race and social class and economic division, education and uh, like schooling and things like that, values in the community. I'm intrigued. And it is one of those films that I, I had to watch. Like, this is part of the BYU program. When I was trying to get to the film program, one of the required watching was one of these documentaries. And I watched it. I remember watching it in the library and getting, and it was over. And I just kind of sat there like, That's amazing. Like, this is something I've never really kind of thought about. It feels kind of gloomy based on, like, what reality really brings, right? Yeah, and it is. I mean, it definitely is. Like, it shows a harsh reality. These kids are not living in good conditions, honestly. And, like, in fact, there's one point during the movie when the power gets shut off at one of their houses. And the producers actually go kind of behind the scenes. They don't show it in the film, but they actually went and paid to get the power turned back on in their house so they can continue going with this. You can find it at your local library. You can also rent it on Amazon or iTunes for two ninety nine, and it's on Netflix DVD. But honestly, this movie was was really one of those ones that came out of nowhere for me and just showed me something I'd never seen before and was very fascinating. I also, even though critics aren't exactly credible, uh, no offense to Jacob. No, that's Jacob. fine. I agree. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Jacob. No, yeah, yeah Jacob. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> but no, I do, I do want to point this out, that Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert gave the films two thumbs up on their show and Siskel and Ebert named Hoop Dreams the best film of 1994. Wow. The you, best film? That, you know, that's a year the Dumb and Dumber came film. out. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Forrest I'm um, Flying King, and Dumb and Dumber all came out that year. And honestly, Ebert, in his initial television, television review, said, quote, this is one of the best films about American life that I have ever seen. And later called it the best film of the decade and, quote, one of the great movie-going experiences of my lifetime. Wow. Oh. Wow. This, and it's a good thing I never really trusted his opinion. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> But a, no, I really want to see this movie. Well, and I, I really don't agree with Ebert that often. But this also had a, a pretty big impact on the Oscars in general because this movie and another documentary called Crumb weren't eligible for – they, they didn't make it to the Oscars. They weren't nominated. And a bunch of other movies got in. And apparently uh, Ebert with um, oh some other people – I don't know their names. But uh, I have them here, but it's too many notes to get through. They actually went to Price Waterhouse and had them turn over the results, and they, they found out a couple things. They found out, first of all, that the critics had a system where they would watch the movie on the screen, and they'd give all the critics flashlights. If someone didn't like it, they would turn on a flashlight and point it at the screen, and when you got so many flashlights, they just turn the movie off, and then they wouldn't watch the rest of it. It's like America's wow. Got Talent? Kind of. That's the weirdest thing ever. And they said they didn't, get, they didn't make it to 20 minutes in Hoop Dreams. And so Ebert was furious. It makes critics sound like they're part of a cult. It does. Port and also, uh, they found out that a couple of the nominators, what do you call those? <laughs> Academy members? Mm-hmm. Uh, they would give a 10, they would give zeros to every single film they didn't like and then give a 10 to the ones they did want nominated. And it would completely skew the voting. Like there was one film that received more, more 10 votes than any other, but it wasn't nominated because it got zeros from a few voters and it pulled it down. Do you think anything's changed? Yes, and actually they did. They, the Cooper said they were going to revamp the way they, they did the voting for documentaries. And there was some reform after this because of who. I'm sure it's still not great, though. No, I'm, I'm sure it's not either. But Remember it's, when that deserving movie won and then lost? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and also since it's, you well, know. Well, in boyhood.
0: And, I mean, there's, yeah, there's exactly. several, yeah. There's
1: apparently sporting rules that you can't get paid in the NCAA, as you know, for mm-hmm. performing or anything like that. So to stay eligible for college basketball, neither player's family received any money from the film cell while in school. However, yeah, later on, the, the two boys were later made full partners and received shares equal to the producers. Oh, very cool. That's very cool. cool. So it, you know, it, it's a good story and it's not, I'm going to say this, it's not like, you know, uplifting. Well, It is uplifting, but it's not like you watch it and you're like, wow, that was awesome. Woo! It's more of kind of a... Whoa. But it sounds like it's strangely relatable, even yes. though we're not inner-city
0: kids trying to be in the NBA. Well, and my pitches, and that's the thing, is I've never wanted to play in the NBA. I did. But... they <laughs> really did. did. I used to tape my fingers together like Jeff Hornacek did. I don't know why Jeff Hornacek... He's and a jazz Stark, player. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> knows that in Utah. And But uh, <laughs> I sit there and practice free throws all day. With your fingers taped? With my fingers taped. What and does then that I do? do?
1: It's just, it helped heal me with his precision. See, I taped my fingers so I could do the Spock thing, but... <laughs> Anyway, but the reason I, I pitched this to you is because you, if you've ever had a dream, if you've ever wanted to be someone, or if you've known someone who's had those types of dreams and you kind of want to see, I wonder what happened to that person. It's not that person, mm-hmm. but you can definitely relate to Hoop Dreams. So I recommend Hoop okay, Dreams. Okay, cool. Number I'm going to watch it. Very cool. Number eight is called The Wolf Pack. Oh,
0: no, that's not an audio effect. That was Joel. That was Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie came out in 2015. Joel, I know you haven't seen this one. Jake, have you seen this nope, one? Nope, I have not. I haven't even heard of this one. Okay, you, so can, you can find this one on it. Netflix right now. Wolfpack. Wolfpack streaming. Wolfpack. Is it actually about wolves? It is not about wolves. In fact... That's deceptive. i'm out (laughs) these are supposed to be documentaries like
1: my my favorite movie of the decade is spellbound about spelling the hoop dreams about basketball Wolfpack, no wolves yeah what's this gonna be about the grad didn't even see it even though it
0: was about wolves because i didn't know it was about wolves (laughs) what color the wolves can't they're gray They're great, I suppose. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Whose voice are we doing? Yeah, I think that's Jake having a conversation with himself. <laughs> that's the voice of him. Yeah, so like I brown I Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's a Jersey voice when I'm talking. Liam Neeson and wolves. <laughs> it's a great movie. All right, what's the wolf pack about? It's yeah. about wolves, Jake. Oh, okay, that's a relief. No, it's not. So confined in an apartment from a New York housing project. Oh, let's just skip to Joel.
1: Th- no, no this it. is You don't this want is good. Good. This is what oh, okay. I actually want to see.
0: Six brothers learned everything they know about the world through watching films and spending their time reenacting their favorite movies with intricate homemade costumes. So just to kind of give a little bit more than that synopsis. So this is you and Joel. No, because they're not allowed outside. So these... What? there There are like eight kids in the family, but these six brothers, that's who the focus is on. There's a little sister and stuff like that, but basically their father is almost like a cult leader. He will not let his kids go outside and they live in a new york apartment they're looking down
1: on new york downtown yeah but they are not allowed to go outside they are they, they, they get out like one there's one they get out once a year once a year and there's one year where they didn't get to go out at all mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of weird and so basically they have their they are seeing the world from their window how can
0: weirdos like this allow documentary people to come and record it's actually it's crazy because they interview the father a few times and you just get this weird feeling like he doesn't really the special feeling no, 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 definitely not the special <laughs> feeling. Um, but you can tell that he's... That's not he who he's watching the documentary with. Ah. He
1: is. You want to make out? Like These guys his, can't
0: get out of their room. It's this form of abuse uh, for his kids, and then his wife is really oppressed. She hasn't seen her family in like 30 years. And so they're all just stuck. They're prisoners in an apartment in America. Like, it's actually kind of crazy when you're watching this. Mm-hmm. But they So they have windows, but their window to the world is their TV. And so they no movies better than anyone because their dad goes and he'll go to Best Buy or whatever and he'll pick up DVDs and just say, hey, kids, here's what you have to do. And so they'll watch these movies and just by watching them, they will handwrite their screenplay. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, they love Christopher Nolan, which is why I kind of like these kids. (laughs) And so they will handwrite Batman Begins Dark Knight. And so you see them. Hold on a second. What, What year is this released? 2015. Wow, this is yeah. recent. I was expecting it to be much older. No, no, no. so you see them uh, write these screenplays and then they'll act out like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Of course, they like the grim stuff because it's cool. Like since they're all brothers, they'll put on tuxes, uh, or they will one of them dress like Batman and he had like yoga mats. It was yoga mats and, and cardboard cereal boxes. and cereal boxes, and it the costume black. was legit. It looked good, and you know they do the Christian Bell voice and everything like they know their stuff probably better than the actors who play the roles because they memorize the scripts yeah. that they just wrote. And so you see this, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. He's playing Samuel L. Jackson. He's playing John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. But then you just see how sad these kids are, that they just want to go outside. And we say kids, like they're like... Uh, from 18 yeah. down to 11, yeah. basically. So how do they get by with like school and regulation? They're, they're homeschooled. Mom. So they're just homeschooled mm-hmm. and... Man, it seems like someone would have called social services or something on this. You'd hope so. Yeah. So basically, it's captured this way. I will say, I mean, we're we're trying to avoid spoilers. I I want to avoid Um, spoilers because there are some great quotes in here. Basically, when one of the kids sees a park, he says, "This is just like three D." Like that, and you hear that line, and you go, "Oh my gosh, yeah, this is so sad." Yeah. Because so it's really sad. At the end, it's quite inspirational. It's very dramatic as well, and, and Joey, you haven't seen this one. This is one I haven't seen, but I—it's I, one I want to so see. So this one, even though it's streaming, it is rated R because, and not because—well, it's just because of language. Because they do Tarantino they movies, do a lot of tar- and like, they <laughs> of our dogs, and stuff it like is that. exactly like yeah. the scene goes. Uh, I definitely recommend this one. Does Tarantino use language in his movies? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> no blood, but some language. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Wolf the Wolf Pack—you can find it on Netflix. Moving on to number seven, which seems very appropriate for this number, because I'm going to talk about the Up series. Now, if you haven't heard of the Up series, it's about probably, Pixar. Yes, exactly. Make seven <laughs> Up exactly. yours, Kent. Yes, that's the that's the slogan. No, it was friendly. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, the Up series. The reason, if you haven't heard about it, it's probably because you're American. Because this is a British series. It's a very British series. I, I haven't and, heard about it. Is there wolves in it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's my new favorite voice. <laughs>
1: I'm going to throw something at um, you now. <laughs> But the Up series is more impressive because of scope than because of content. Because it started in 19, I have it here a second, 1964. And this group of documentary makers uh, interviewed 14, well, actually yeah, 20. The first one has 20 children. And they picked children from different socioeconomic classes and kind of put them all together. and Just did the interviews of these little kids. And they did it. Because they said they wanted to get a glimpse of what the year 2000 would be like. Wait, wait, wait. So they started what year again? 1964. And they said, "What do you think the year 2000 will be like?" Well, they they, they talked about what they want to be when they grow up, and they figured they'll be you know kind of grown ups and on do their own. Do you know how they the chose these kids, or was it a certain area? They, they picked them just from diff- different different classes, basically okay. Socio-economic classes. And the whole point was they wanted to say, "Hey, you know, let's see." You know, this kid, they basically wanted to prove that once you're in a class in England, you're kind of in that class. Okay. And there's not a lot of, you know, bucking around and doing other things. But it's turned into a series where they've been doing it every seven years since then. So the first one's called 7 Up. The second one is 7 plus 7. And then from then on, it goes to like 21 up, 28 up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to count by sevens. 35 up, 42 up, 49 up. And then they're on fifty six up was the last one they did. Yay, Joel! Yay, kind of by seven. But all the kids, you you basically get to know these kids. And the first one's I think it's like twenty minutes or thirty minutes. Oh, that's it. Yeah, but then I think the second one is a little bit longer. But then they turn into feature length as they go on. So this is this is a pretty big commitment if you want to get into it. I mean, I actually looked it up and it's forty to one forty to one hundred and thirty five minutes each per film. And then it's 769 minutes or 12 hours and 40, 49 Ooh. minutes if you want to watch the whole thing. It feels like this should be like found in a collection. So able to watch them one by one. Well, okay. So if you go to Amazon, you're going to have to rent them like one by one for $1.99. And you can get them from Netflix DVD also one at a time. But you can get them from the local library in one set. And so if you go oh, to the library, great. it's okay. there. You can watch the whole. Th- yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend watching the whole thing in one sitting. But people, these, these kids are now, you know, middle-aged and older and they are celebrities. Like, they talked... One of the guys talked about how he was going with Buzz Aldrin somewhere and someone asked them, just, like, stopped them and asked him for an autograph, but they asked the guy instead of Buzz Aldrin for the autograph. Oh, nice. Well, how become, are they celebrities then? Well, they're celebrities because just, of these movies. Just because of the documentary. Yeah, like, people, oh, okay. people follow these. And, and please don't take this the wrong way. This is kind of a precursor to reality TV where they're taking these people, just ordinary people, showing their ordinary lives, and because they're on the screen... It's changed their lives. Now, some of the the kids actually... the do you take that the wrong way? People like like reality reality TV. TV. Yeah. So, yeah, don't judge it by that. But, like, one of the guys said that this was his poison pill that he has to take every seven years, but he does it out of obligation. But other people have said that, like, one of the uh, people said that it kept their marriage together, like these films. Because and, they're like, we have to report on our marriage, so we yeah, exactly. got to stay together. Like, well, and initially, he did. The director did admit that initially, he really did try to, you know, make it about politics, and he he said he was playing God, basically, and kind of feeding them information and portraying them a certain way, and ah. then watching them turn out that way. But then he says, "I've since repented of that. I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to show them for who they are." But is he? Because it seems like it's interfered so much in their lives that because of the documentary, their lives haven't turned out the way they would have normally. Well, maybe except for here is the thing. It's every seven years, and each subject is filmed in about two days, and the interview itself takes about six hours. So hmm. every seven years, a six-hour really, interview. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's not its not because of that, but they do maybe get treated a little different. Although I looked through, and I haven't really heard of any of these people. Like, they're not famous famous, and a lot of them just went on to live ordinary lives. And only one of the kids out of the 14 has decided he doesn't want to participate anymore. Everyone else is still there, hmm. and they're still going, and they're, they're planning on making the next one, which... I did the math. The next one will be in 2019. So uh, can't wait. Here, here goes out <laughs> to uh, here goes out to Bruce, Jackie, Simon, Andrew, John, Peter, Susan, Charles, Nicholas, Neil, Lynn, Paul, Suzanne, and Tony. Are those your kids? that's half we finally know (laughs) (laughs) but uh there so the up series and this has been parodied like simpsons did a parody of it uh, with springfield up and things like that and it's very well known in the uk but here in the u.s not as much so just i mean this is like the movie boyhood on a much larger scale do i have to be in a certain mood to watch this well here's the thing i've only seen like i I, truthfully i've only seen like the first three i want to say I mean, it was all clean. I don't remember anything inappropriate, but I don't know how it gets on later on. There's, it's British. So there could A little be bit cheeky. Salt. could be some yeah, naughty language. But it's it's really kind of just this, especially in the beginning, just kind of this, it is drab, I will say. But then once you get to know the kids and you start kind of to know their personalities and then see where they end up, it's fascinating to watch. Hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of them. And I'm looking forward to them making them basically until the last one's alive. I hope they keep making these. Okay, cool. That's very cool. All right, next one. Number six is called The Cove. Number six. Oh, that's the one with We're the... Cruising. Oh, I know, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, that's the yeah. beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> there is actually <laughs> cool a stuff. movie called The Cove, I think. Anyways. There so. is.
0: I can't remember who's in it. But. So The Cove came out in 2009. This is probably the precursor to Blackfish, which that's I don't like. Too. I do not like the
1: documentary Blackfish. Blackfish... For all it claims to have done has actually been debunked in a lot of different yes, it has. areas. And yet people still claim to it. It's well, I'm not gonna get political, but basically they, they put they put these quote unquote facts out there and then people don't don't follow up with them and so they believe right. it's true. Right. Yeah. I mean that's the thing. I mean I will say
0: though, the the Cove is probably I mean I'm trying to look ahead, probably the one with the biggest
1: political agenda. To set forth. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's probably the most grim one on here. It is so incredibly grim. Because oh my gosh. it's about coves.
0: It's about coves. Nothing brings you down quite like that. <laughs> no, it's about dolphin slaughter. So, okay, here it is. A using state-of-the-art equipment, a group of activists led by renowned dolphin trainer Rick O'Berry, who used to train for the, the show Flipper back in the day... <laughs> No, it's
1: true. I like you like, pointed at me, like as if I'm no, a flipper it's, it's, fan. He, Joel's a big flipper fan. <laughs> Joel
0: loves flipper. <laughs> so I so want to do a dolphin noise right now. Do it.
1: <laughs> I, I can't.
0: <laughs> they infiltrate a cove near Taiji, Japan, to expose both a shocking instance. <laughs> <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> I sure sh- me too. A shocking <laughs> I didn't instance of that coming. Of animal I think abuse. My heart jumped a little. <laughs> bit. Like we were laughing against his animal abuse. Animal <laughs> abuse and a serious threat to human health. Bring it down. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I have taglines for all these movies, by the way. Do you? Yeah, because I think some of the taglines are awesome. This one says, shallow water, deep secret. Dun, dun, dun. This movie is terrifying and intense. Wait, how's it terrifying? It's terrifying because you see what they're doing to these dolphins. Essentially... It takes place in one literal cove. You both seen Japan. this one. This is the one I tried to rent and couldn't. Aye. So this, not like This is basically what DP. happens. All these uh, Japanese fishermen. I mean, they're doing it. I mean, this is a big industry. So they're not just basic fishermen. What they'll do is they'll go bang like giant pans in the in the wa- in the ocean, and they get like this like line a boundary, and they start banging these pans, and they scare dolphins into one cove. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands, of dolphins into this cove, and then. Spear him to death. The the previews that I've seen is like, it just like the I mean, water is for red, food or what's the everything purpose? they do sell? They say they sell about a tenth of them. To that shirt you're sell, wearing, um,
1: Jacob. It's dolphin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: they, they, they say they're they're selling uh, a fraction of these dolphins to uh, not like SeaWorld exactly, but other water parks. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of these they're for food, and it's just so grim. The actually the worst scene in the movie, and this is in the trailer, mm-hmm. is the blue water turns red. Like a bright And you red. see nothing through this, this red. This is horrifying. Let's, it yeah, is horrifying. In fact, Joel said he was going to watch this last night, and I'm like, I just ruined that
1: guy's evening. Well, no, and I went to the library to go get it, and they couldn't find it. And so I was like, well, I guess I won't be depressed tonight. Yeah, it makes me feel a little sick. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it will actually watch it, and I am not a bigger environmentalist at all. But then why did this make number six on our list, Kent? Why? Yes. Like because it, yeah. if, oh, it's so grim, one, if it's so grim, so hard to watch, okay, why are we recommending it as the, in our starter? No, Kent? honestly, this one really got to me.
0: It like I was going to say, it, it, I'm not an environmentalist. I don't really care about animals. Like I hate dogs. Um,
1: so if it was dogs being slaughtered in the water, I'd you'd totally be like, fine oh. with it.
0: <laughs> that sounds really awful. It's messed but up. Honestly, kid. this one, it made me feel so many emotions that I thought I never could. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm not in tears cause I don't cry in movies, but I was like I, I'm crying some, I really felt the the plight of these animals and everyone trying to protect these animals. And honestly, half of the enjoyment in this movie, and I say enjoyment in quotes is watching this crew take the risks that they do. basically they get um, because well yeah, I can't imagine they want this to be filmed. they are not allowed and actually in many scenes you know these uh, like so, the Japanese military comes after them and stuff like that but they get they build rocks they build cameras in rocks like it's state-of the art cameras like it like it said, and they, they hide them in the cove. They have underwater microphones planted as well. And the night that they break into this cove to Yikes. put all this stuff, it's a heist movie. Oh, wow. It, like, they do it in, like, um, night vision. And you're you're feeling it. Your heart's, like, pumping. You're like, mm. oh, are they going to get is out Hayden
1: of here? is Hayden Pantier in on this one?
0: So Hayden Pantier actually and another actress, Isabel Lucas, they showed up in one scene. And this is, like, it's it's kind of a little too convenient. Hayden Pantier, is that the... Heroes? Heroes, yeah, save yeah, the, cheerleader. the cheerleader, save the cheerleader girl, yeah. So they show up because they're part of the Save the Wells Foundation. They show up in uh, on surfboards as these dolphins are being slaughtered, and there you can see them on sur- in a scene in the movie, and they're just crying because there's nothing they can do, and they're just asking them to please stop. And you're like, oh man, I hate Hollywood celebrities, but uh, it's just that's sounds a terrible like a downer place tent. to be. It is. It's such a downer. Not all of these can be like super inspiring. It's true. Which is why we wanted to do a variety. Well, there has to be some sort of transcendence to it because they've got the message out there. They really, really did. Uh, It is it is a bit controversial because much of the Japanese government, they're like, you made us look like murderers and barbarians. Yeah. They're not happy. And then the director is basically like, look, I love the Japanese people. I just don't think the government is telling them what's happening. All the mercury that is poisoning their food is coming from these dolphins. It's rising. (laughs) Mercury really? Rising. Mercury Rising? <laughs> yeah. That, that reference from like 1993? Um, I got to so, do something to lighten the mood, Kent. So this one, actually the director, he was a National Geographic photographer. Uh, this one won the Best Documentary Oscar. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, this one had an opposing documentary made by a Japanese woman mm-hmm. called Behind the Cove. or Yeah. And it was just kind of like saying, whaling is a great part of our economy. Yay. And I know that there's a slant here, and I generally hate
1: that. But well, this one made me feel... I do want to point out, too, that like, it's almost impossible to do an impartial documentary. Because every time right. you're doing a documentary, it's because you think a story needs to be told. Now, some of these documentaries try to be more objective. Mm-hmm. Other ones definitely have a slant. There's some documentary filmmakers who've made a whole career on very, very slanted and right. very irresponsible uh, documentaries here's what
0: I like about our list of documentaries is there's some like Wolfpack and hoop dreams. Although the producer did, or the director did pay for the yeah. lights to come back on where you never see the director or anyone well, they don't else. do that on screen. In, That's on, on the screen, screen. Okay. But, yeah. You never see anyone on screen. Whereas like this movie, you see the director and his crew going in to, to plant these, these
1: rocks. Wow. And yeah. you know, they're like, yeah. So, all right, there you go. Well, let's go to number five. Well, okay. Speaking of delicious dolphin meat, um, <laughs> <laughs> My number five is Super Size Me. Now this is <laughs> this is one of those that I think when this is one I think is good because everyone has heard of this in some form. Usually, yeah. Oh, that guy who ate McDonald's for an like it almost month. seems cliche at this point. It does because, but the, it's it's still it was a kind of a groundbreaking documentary because it became mainstream. Wasn't it, this one it got debunked mainstream. though? Well, and that, I'll get into that. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, it's a 2004 American documentary film uh, directed and starring Morgan Spurlock, who ate McDonald's every day, for every meal, every day for 30 days. I so, feel like we could do that. Don't eat. I feel like we I have, like don't we don't have, we have done, done that. Should we do that? No. I mean, I'm on a diet right now, but like after? No. <laughs> No that's not happening we basically have already um, and so they document his draft the drastic effect that this food uh, this choice and this food is doing to him as he goes through it and on, along the way it's not just about that it kind of talks about the corporate culture of McDonald's um, they interview people about McDonald's and it's all spawn, it all spawned from this uh, lawsuit that came of these uh, these girls who basically said that McDonald's made them fat so they were suing McDonald's because they made them fat. Mm-hmm. And this documentary, though, is actually really funny. Like, I find it quite entertaining. Now, I own this documentary. I have watched this documentary multiple times. But every single time I watch it, you know what happens? You want McDonald's? I crave McDonald's. <laughs> really? Every time. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's stupid. Uh, this one is an hour and 40 minutes. It's PG for thematic elements, a disturbing medical procedure, and some language... Uh, there you go, Ken, that's for you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> you can find this one at your local library. You can rent it for Amazon or rent it for 99 cents on Amazon, or it's also streaming on Netflix right now. So you can watch this one and or you can borrow from me too. It, it's funny that this movie made Morgan Spurlock like the documentary expert. Yes, because now we'll get into it. There was some information that may have been fabricated in the sense that whenever you do a scientific experiment, you have to be able to replicate your results. Mm-hmm. No one has been able to replicate his results. And there's actually. Like other people have tried, right? Other people have tried. In fact, there's a high school science teacher, uh, John Cisna, lost 60 pounds while eating exclusively at McDonald's for 180 well, years. Yeah. Okay. Cheek, do you want to do that? Sure. <laughs> that? And then this other person, uh, no. Sosoweli, <laughs> said, the first time I did the diet in April 2004, I lost 10 pounds, going from 175 to 165, and lowered my cholesterol from 237 to 197, a drop of 40 points.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of... I mean, what was the original guy eating? Were they eating the same stuff that
1: he did? Like, yeah. is that diet actually yeah. available? Although although part of the thing is, and part of the criticism comes from the fact that, first of all, his numbers don't add up as to how much he ate versus how many calories he took in. Mm-hmm. And secondly... He tried to limit the number of steps he took every day because he wanted to take the average number of steps a, a human would take or you know, people would take, whereas these people just – they ate the food but they exercised normally. Well, one of them did. The other one I think just did the same kind of experiment. And there's also a, a counter documentary called Fathead, which uh, a guy named Tom Naughton kind of poked holes in the theory. Now, while Fathead is not as entertaining of a documentary, it does bring up some valid points. So if you're going to watch Super Size Me, I recommend watching Fathead as the counterpoint. But uh, this is one of those ones that I just I find it really entertaining, and it had an impact. So maybe it's true, maybe it's somewhat true, but either way, it's fun. It's to entertaining. Watch. Well, it, was, and I think anyone who says oh fast food's unhealthy is just an idiot, because everyone knows it's not good for you, and you should eat it in moderation. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows you should exercise more. And so anyone that's surprised by that, come on, come on. There's also a couple things on the. Ken, did you know? I didn't,
0: huh? <laughs> Did you know this? I, I'm on a diet now because I just found out. <laughs> so can we still do our 30 days at Taco Bell? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Please.
1: Well, cause Jacob and, and you count calories. So you, this may mean something to you. Morgan Spurlock said he took an average of 5,000 calories per day. Holy crap. Are you serious? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> but no a crap ton. <laughs> <laughs> people ate, that ate the food, they basically said we couldn't make those numbers work based on what, you know. You no, he'd have
0: there. to eat. He couldn't, that couldn't be normal.
1: It'd be like four burgers instead of just like, yeah. you know, one burger or yeah. something like that. And he also, he talks about, you know, the sodium intake That's and the like sugar intake, stuff training. like that. That's like athletic training, like you have to have that high of calories. Yeah. yeah. And this is actually the, the 22nd highest grossing documentary film of all time. Like this is one of the ones that kind of made a lot of money. Do we know number one? I do know number one. I can get to number Unless one. Unless it's on the list.
0: It yeah. seems, like, it almost nope. seems, I remember like when this came out and it was really popular that it, it seemed kind of
1: money grabby to me.
0: It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to expose McDonald's. Everybody come check it out.
1: Right. Uh, if you want to know the top five... Uh, yeah, let's hear it. ...highest grossing documentaries, it's actually Fahrenheit 9-11, March... Of th- I'm going... Sorry. One to, one is Fahrenheit 9-11, then March of the Penguins. Number three is Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. <laughs> number four is Michael Jackson, This Is It. And number five is 2016, Obama's America. So... Okay. Kind of a variety. None there. of those are on
0: the list. So no, None of those are on good. the list. Except for number four, which is Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. That was number three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> number one on
0: Joel's list. Yeah, That's my next one. No, but
1: it's, it's also fascinating because he has this, uh, on the on the DVD, uh, Supersize Me, he has this smoking fry, he calls it. Okay. I think that is the most tr- troubling. He takes a McDonald's burger and fries and puts them in a jar. Mm-hmm. And then he takes burgers and fries from a couple other joints around the place and puts them in jars as well. And then he, f- he comes in and films them and watch how they decompose basically or mold. This is cool. And they, have you get, not seen this? No, it's it's really, it's online. You can well, like find I it, said, like I kind of avoided it like okay. because yeah. it was so, it was like trying, it's like you avoiding Titanic basically. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the thing is, it's just, and you know, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's mold in almost every one of them, except for the McDonald's one. And they stay almost, they look almost exactly the same. Now, the this I've heard because
0: I saw there was a guy that in, in actually in St. George that he has like the oldest McDonald's burger and it's something like 28 years old. And it looks pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, the burger, it decomposed a little bit, but the, oh, the fry burger. itself, the delicious McDonald's fry, which you hate. <laughs> the delicious. <laughs> How do you make per, that sound? Oh, All right. <laughs> no, not <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> what is it? going on? I was uh, trying to do it, kids' noise, but like, I couldn't remember what it was. He's like, he looks at the fry like four months later. He's like, it looks like I bought it yesterday.
1: Yeah. It was crazy the amount of preservatives in that thing. Well, that just means it goes right through you quicker. But uh, here's what I was going to say, though, is watch this documentary not for informational purposes before entertainment purposes. This is a fun documentary to watch, but don't take everything as as, you know gospel truth. So, number five. All right, number four is catfish. No, it's not, Kent. I've been lying to you this whole time. What? (laughs) The tagline
0: is "Don't let anyone tell you what it is."
1: I know, and I'm worried. I'm
0: worried you're going to spoil this. You don't want me to spoil any of it. well, Well, explain what catfish means. I think that would spoil it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what's number three, Joel? <laughs> uh, no, I think we do need to okay, talk about no, this I because d- there is a TV show about it and it's a common term. This, yes. This movie has created a, a term. Yeah, it's culturally significant at this point. Which do you know is why weird. they call it catfishing? Like why they came up with that term? Well, there's
0: a, they describe it in the movie. They do. Do I you think, have the definition? I do. Okay, well, go for that, then I'm going to have that from the movie. So I'm going to give the plot first. Okay. Young filmmakers document their colleagues' budding online friendship with a young woman and her family, which leads to an Unexpected series of discoveries.
1: Yes, when I saw this, the trailer for this movie, I honestly didn't thought it was seem like the scariest movie, movie ever. Because they, they talk about, oh yeah, this girl you met online, let's go meet her, and then they walk. Up she's really a pretty. A and barn, they go to a, sh- a barn in the middle middle of the, of the night. night, and it was like that's all the trailer shows. So it was like, what's gonna happen? Why
0: did they go in the middle of the night? Well, you'll, you'll find see, out. It's a road trip. And this, this is, is a road trip movie where, honestly, it seems a little bit fake, and we're going to go into this. We will. But uh, they're like, hey, we're filming you, and you've been talking to this girl, and you've talked to her whole family. That's so weird. And, and her little sister made a painting for you? Yep. Like, they seem really attached to you. You've never met her. Let's see what's going on and go visit her. And that's when things get crazy. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, to do the documentary, you would have to have, like, knowledge before you go that something's not right. Which is where it gets a bit fishy.
1: Well, and I, I believe there was no maybe a little bit so of, of knowledge they had they didn't share, but I don't think it's fake. This one <laughs> is rated PG-13 for steamy texts and minor swears. <laughs>
0: steamy <laughs> steamy text? yeah, there are no, there's, texts? Yeah. There's a scene that is quite uncomfortable. You can find it on DVD, Netflix, or any digital source. The interesting, on Amazon? The interesting thing about this is that the two directors, Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman, they went on to direct Paranormal Activity 3. <laughs> That's Did funny they? for some reason. Which, by the way, is Which a is the good best. Paranormal so, yeah. Activity movie. <laughs> but you're just like, it kind of doesn't give a lot of credence to the truth of this one. In no, fact, except that they're filmmakers. Okay, Mor- Morgan Spurlock saw this one at Sundance, and he loved right. it. He came up to one of the filmmakers and he says, that is the best fake documentary I've ever seen.
1: And yet no one's been able to debunk it. In fact they've proven that the girl in question that they go visit, that she's really who she says she is. Everything checks out. It's just a question of how much they knew and when they knew it. Yes. But I still think it's real. In fact, can I, can I read my review? Yeah, please do. Cause this did make yeah. my bet, my top 10 best of the year I watched it. All right. Uh, and I said, the less you know about catfish, the better. Just don't know that number one, it's a real documentary. And two, it's absolutely fascinating to watch the story unfold. I went into this movie expecting one thing that was completely taken off guard by where it ended up. Even if you know how it all ends, this movie is still worth a watch. Um,
0: so the, the filmmakers, they've been asked repeatedly. In fact, they've been involved in lawsuits involving two songs they used in the film, which is actually kind of a sad story. This movie was made for $30,000, yeah. made $3 million when it came out. Mm-hmm. They used two song- unlicensed songs. And so basically, they owe eight, being sued for like eight million dollars. This movie will never be profitable. They don't yeah. know how math works. But as <laughs>
1: well, I don't think they, they expected. Yeah, they, they didn't expect the movie to be really indie, and mm-hmm. then and no one would, it no got one famous, it. and then they got sued by the people who put the music in there. So that where do the wise and kids be careful of copyrighted music as part of those like uh, As part of being sued <coughs> in court, they they had
0: to say was to be a millionaire. They had to swear on oath that this was a real movie. Yeah. Really? So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. And they said, like, they've been asked what is Well, it this. is a real movie. I mean, that's... I mean yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, that's how they beat the lie detectors. <laughs> so, you know, they basically said, hey, we had 250 hours of video to, um, to streamline. And we had to make a, we had to basically create a narrative and a clear representation of what happened. So, yes, it seems very entertaining. And it seems very manufactured just because we had to, because we had so much footage. That we yeah. had to kind of tell the story. In a well, quick
1: I do way. want to get. I want to get into the term too, because for those of you who yeah. are listening to this podcast, you probably have heard the term catfishing. But it's and I want to be separated from the plot enough where I could feel like it's yes. second, of this. But and, and it's not going to give too much away. But essentially, catfishing just means you're presenting yourself online in a way that's not how you really are. That's what catfishing is. Like Reno Mahe had that. Was it Reno Mahe? No, it wasn't. It was Mante-tale. It, Mante-tale. It's a it's a bait and switch online. He, right? yes. he had a he had an imaginary girlfriend, and they called it catfishing. And I remember being like, it's a thing. They're using the term. But in the film, one of the guys in the film relates a story about how when live cod were shipped from Asia to North America, the fish's inactivity in their tanks resulted in only mushy flesh reaching the destination. However, fishermen found that putting catfish in the tanks with the cod kept them active and thus ensured the quality of the fish. Vince made an analogy of how these these how there are people in everyone's lives who keep each other active, always on their toes and always thinking, suggesting that people should always be alert when socializing through the internet. Interesting.
0: I know. No. So kids, don't believe anything. anything don't believe you anything you see on, you see the, on the internet.
1: internet. But uh, catfish, I, I I know this wasn't mine to talk about, but I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah it's it
0: a lot of kind of like you said with super Size me. Like even if it's true or not, this this will entertain the socks off of you.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Like, Is that all when you're on the date, kid. it's
0: fun. <laughs> no, because <laughs> honestly, it's half scary movie and then it's actually kind of emotional.
1: Yeah, like that. And that's like all I, I said, gonna say caught me at the end. I was like, I did not expect that. Yeah. All right, let's keep going then. Jake, have you seen any of these that we mentioned so far? Uh, no. Any of these you wanted to see now that we talked about them? I'm intrigued by blackfish.
0: am not blackfish, catfish, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> blackfish. That's funny. Cause I was thinking of the cove next, but I'm like, no, I don't think I want to see the cove. I'm maybe will come to supersize me. Finally. I, I own
1: know. it. If you want to borrow it. All right. Although it is on streaming too. So it's really easy to watch. Yeah. So we're into our top three for top three. our documentary starter kit. Hopefully, you're you're keeping notes at home of ones that intrigue you, and really like this. You don't have to watch everyone in the starter kit. You should; they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But the ones that interest you, watch them. See what a documentary is like. Enjoy it. And the top three choices, though, and the top three choices that we highly recommend. Yes. And number three is Grizzly Man. Now, have you heard of this one? I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna read my review of it. Uh, one word can describe this film: haunting. This is a documentary about a man who lived among grizzly bears in Alaska for a number of seasons with an obvious and heartbreaking outcome. This movie does a good job of not mocking Timothy Treadwell, but not condoning his actions either. It simply presents what Timothy did and leaves it up to the viewer to make their own judgments. Grizzly Man stayed with me long after I returned the DVD. And it's true. Like, this film, like, even just rewatching the trailer again gave me these feelings of, like, oh, man. Basically, this tree hugger lives in Alaska, yeah, he was in. He spent thirteen summers in Katmai National Park yeah, so, Reserve, Alaska. So for four months every year, he would go to this in
0: middle of nowhere, Alaska, and live with bears, and then tape himself. And you'd see, you'd see him talking, and be like, "There's my favorite chocolate bear.
1: Hi, sunshine bear." Yeah, exactly.
0: And you'd be like, Ugh. "Dude, they are twenty feet away from you. Like families of bears. It seemed like there was a working relationship happening. And sometimes they'd kind of swipe at him, and you'd be like, "Oh, stop it." And this is his own video. Like no one's making fun of him. You're going. Please get out of there! Please get out of there! And
1: he was on David Letterman in uh, man. I don't have the, the date here, but this is a while ago, and uh, the, you know before obviously what happened happened. And it's not a secret he gets he gets killed by him and his girlfriend both get killed by a grizzly bear. And in how a did he tape, talk that, a woman into going in them? a tape <laughs> that sounds like it's from the Blair Witch Project. Well, no, here's the thing: is they really? have they don't they don't. I, w- I want to emphasize that right now they don't actually play the footage because they have the, the footage. They have the recording and the director. Oh, by the way, the director Werner Herzog. Oh yeah, it's By the way, Werner Herzog who is like a documentary like legend. Oh man. Like honestly, He's also in Jack Reacher is
0: <laughs> a villain. Yes. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I honestly, can I just play I just want to play his voice. I just uh, want to play nice. I want to play it for a second and just have you listen. The enormity of of their flat brain. The enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming.
0: You have to do yourself a favor when you're out in the countryside and you see chicken. Try to look a chicken in the eye with great intensity. And the intensity of stupidity that is looking back at you is just amazing. By the way, uh, it's very easy to hypnotize a chicken. Uh, They're very prone to hypnosis.
1: And in one or two films, I've actually... Shown that. So our tree hugger friend is crazy. Yes, but the narrator does a great job. Well, no, he's not. That's the thing. He's not crazy. Like they portray him. Like I said, it's kind of this. It's very objective in the sense of this is just who he is. He thought he was doing good. And then they, they talk to people who think he's crazy. They talk to people who think hmm. he's, you know, saving, like not saving the bears, but just he's helping. or Raising like awareness. That. I will say for the record, a lot of the nature preserve people in the rangers said, no, this is not good. This is going to get bears used to humans and he's going to get injured. And indeed he was. Uh, it runs one hour, 43 minutes, and it is rated R for language. Uh, but you can find it at your local library, 299 on Amazon, or it is on Netflix streaming right now and you can watch it. But this oh man, this is a haunting, haunting film. Mm-hmm. Like after after getting you know, talking about, you know, catfish and supersize meat, like this is a darker one. So this really makes me wonder though how much of his Grizzly death that we we're going to actually see you don't see any or here I mean, no you are, don't see any in fact uh, so they yeah. just refer to yeah. it yeah. so what happens is they, they talk about what happens and then there's a scene in the movie when the director has headphones on like and he's, he's listening to, it right he's there. listening to the recording that someone has and gives to him and he listens to it and then he takes off his headphones and just says you need to destroy that no one should ever have to hear that and Ew. they describe it though they, they describe what they describe kind of what happened but there's no portrayal of it on screen And it is kind of worse in that way because your mind just makes up kind of what happened. And they talk about kind of the scene as it was found when they got there. And And you know what's
0: creepy about it is he knew this bear. He knew the bear was a grouch. He knew the bear was a huge grouch and was watching for a long, long time. Yeah. Because he's friends with many of them. Yeah. And like he names them all. He knows them all. But he keeps watching. He shows, I mean, oh, the buildup. The buildup of, hey, that bear's just been watching me.
1: Yeah. From across the stream, and you're
0: like, oh, stop it! Because you know,
1: you know, right at the beginning, what happens? Like right at the beginning, think they, sounds they like a horror it. movie. It kind of is, but at the same time, it's more of a drama because it's it's not like the impending doom is there. It's just like a, a kind of an ironic doom where it's behind you the whole time, mm-hmm. but just that feeling of. And this one is haunting. It really is haunting. But man, it's well done. So, Grizzly I, Man or The Cove? Which one do you want for your happy? <laughs> if I'm, I'm scared to
0: watch this one. <laughs> All right, number two. Number two is a way more lighthearted.
1: Yes, Ooh. I think we're going
0: to just keep it lighthearted from
1: now Ooh, on. That's a relief. Thank Kevin. Well, and like we said, we wanted a variety of documentaries here yeah. so that you can see what the documentary genre has to offer. Is this offer the you. Pixar story, Kent? Yes, it is, isn't it? Is the Pixar story? <laughs> I, lo- I like that one. That's it's, good. It's, everyone, it's the
0: Pixar story. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So this film is from 2008. It won the Oscar for Best Documentary that year. It is Man on Wire, not Man on Fire. Yes, and actually Man on Wire is not just a play on words to kind of, you know, parody Denzel Washington's movie. The a actually Fanning movie, too. The cops actually called him, we got a man on wire, and so it kind of just carried over. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is a look at tightrope at, at tight walker Philip Petit's daring but illegal high wire routine performed between New York City's World Trade Center. I have seen this one. The Twin Towers yeah? in 1974, what some consider the artistic crime of the century.
1: Yes, and this is not the Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, fictionalized version. The Walk. This is... Not then. super fictionalized, though. Not super fictionalized. Though. No, that was
0: fairly close, as I recall.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean... Because Philip was involved. Philip was involved. was involved. But this one is kind of more the real story, kind of showing the behind the scenes. And, I mean, you, <laughs> t- you The talk- real story,
0: but also dramatizations. Yes. A lot of
1: it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And the thing is, you talked more uh, about... When we talk about the Cove, you talk about how it's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. This literally plays out yeah, like a heist movie. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. This one's a lot of fun to watch. So, this one is PG 13. Watch this with a select, select people because there is sex, sexuality and nudity. Yeah. And su- drug references. There's surprise nudity. Yeah. It's like you're watching the movie and all of a sudden it's just like, hey, oh, oh okay. It's like, like it's in black and white, and they do it really quick. That, yeah, it's like it's like a sped up Keystone Cops kind of thing of naked people. So was it was like the last time we went to Kent's party. What? <laughs> Just my party? <laughs> I wasn't. At, I wasn't at that party. Uh, yeah, <laughs> his parties get like that. <laughs> but no, this one's really fun. So you can find this one on Netflix. It's streaming right now. Though. You can also find it at your local library and two ninety nine on Amazon. So
0: actually, I found this interesting. The guy has done thirty five major walks, and this is like highly publicized walks. He's done probably countless on his own, right? Yeah. And he's been to places like uh, the Notre Dame. He w- walked between the two cathedral towers there. Mm-hmm. Um, also Sydney Bridge, Lou- Louisiana Superdome. Half of these were illegal. And then kind of when he gained popularity after this, after the, the, two ta- the Twin Towers, right. people were asking him
1: to come to their, their landmarks to walk. Well, and this, this movie gave me vertigo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This, oh, yeah. It's really to get my palms sweating, like just thinking about it. Because then he gets out there between the two towers and he lays down. Have you seen The Walk with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I didn't watch it, no.
0: So that one, I mean, I mean, granted, it's not real footage, so it's not quite as nerve-wracking, but you see it from his perspective. Right. And yeah. it actually made me sick. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's unsettling. Yeah. I, mean, I think we watched... I think yeah, I watched makes, that one with he you. He makes kids. me yeah. sick, too. Was that you IMAX? Did? Yes. IMAX 3D, Oh, think. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I felt that even though this is kind of like Grizzly Man, you know the outcome, but even as he takes that first step, because Heights is like my fourth greatest fear, you feel... Women. Sharks. No, sharks. Sharks. No, no. Women. It's, women it's, sharks. No, 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 Yeah, shark women. Yeah. Then yeah. Well, no, so it's, it's women, sharks, shark women, no, no, heights. No, you're missing one. Ketchup and eggs mixed together. <laughs> <laughs> that's not
1: a fear. That's a, they <laughs> it's just so gross. And you're grossed out by It's not a fear. It's a fear. I'm totally bringing that to our next uh, sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, that was the party we had that Jake's talking about. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, so he's, come. he's fallen once in his career. And it was actually kind of like this... Like uh, not even a big thing. And so he actually was invited to be part of the circus when the circus was still around. And it was the, on a practice walk. So there was no audience or anything. He was just practicing on a high wire and he fell 45 feet and he only broke, broke a few ribs. Jeez. That's impossible. Yeah. Like it's crazy. No, what the did guy he land? That's
1: like, like 5,000 calories a day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. It's but impossible, think- right? I mean, the guy basically has anti-gravity. I mean, he
1: only broke a few ribs after falling 45 feet. Or he's defying gravity.
0: And if you care to find me, look towards the western sky. Has no one told you lately? That I love you. (laughs) 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 Have I told you? Uh, I fell apart. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Typically does. But go watch Man on Wire. Like I said, there's some kind of suspect stuff at the end in terms of content. Yeah. But this movie will get your heart racing. Could have cut it right out. Oh, yeah. yeah, And then I recorded it to my brother, and then he watched it was like, what the heck? And it's funny because Philippe is so
1: animated in the way he describes this. He is kind of crazy. He's crazy. He's, like, he's 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 kind of crazy. Like honestly, it's you the same. You actually can't help but love him, grizzly as well. grizzly man type of thing. Where it was just like, you're like something's off with this guy. But just just to explain a little bit further, like 1974, that's when the
0: two towers were being built. And so they had to get past, like, all these security... Twin Towers. Twin Towers. towers. Yes. So they (laughs) had to actually get past all this, you know, like, the security and, Mm -hmm. you know, construction to make this happen. And this was... It was just crazy. Yeah. Man on Wire. Great times. Yes. All right. Is number one next? Yes, it is next. We're going
1: to do honorable mentions. We're going to do honorable mentions real quick. I'll run through mine real quick. Uh, So Trekkies, Trekkies 2... I'm not a Star Trek fan, but these films were so much fun to watch. You haven't even watched any Star Trek. I so. have. Oh, what? yeah, you watched some of watch the original. I've watched the original series, no, and right, I've seen like right. six of the movies. But uh, I'm not a Star Trek card.
0: We were talking about it before we were recording. I, I mentioned First Contact, and he hadn't seen it. You've never seen it?
1: It may be the best Star Trek movie. It's excellent. I've seen the one with the whales, and that one's the best one. <laughs> the Voyage
0: Home? Um, yes, that's <laughs> no, the one. No, it's not the best one. <laughs> that's a good one, though. Hey, we're not <laughs> doing our <laughs> Is it? We're not doing it it's yet.
1: okay. Uh, okay, but here's the thing is... Next, that's, we found un- discovered Country is pretty good. Guys, we're not talking about Star Trek. We're talking about Trekkies, the documentary. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. But Trekkies is a story of it's Star Trek time. fans. <laughs> yeah. And actually, there's a huge debate around this because Trekkies say they want to be called Trekkers, not Trekkies, and so it's become a controversy. But there's actually Trekkies and Trekkies 2. A lot of fun to watch. Also, Babies. It's a 2010 French film, <gasps> and it follows four newborns. That so boring. Really? Kent <laughs> hates watching it, Babies. It actually... It, to me, I... It relied on cute babies, he'd and rather, that was it. He'd rather, no, the he thing he'd rather is, play it with shows, dogs than it shows babies. A, <laughs> <laughs> it, this one, I don't think there's dialogue, but it shows a baby growing up in Mongolia, a baby growing up in Africa, a baby growing up in Japan, and a baby growing up in San Francisco. And this was recent. I saw a trailer yeah, for 2010. This. Yep. this this felt like an Ann Geddes documentary. These are my auto mentions, Ken. Okay, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> keep going. But no, this one was, I, I thought it was really good because I love seeing how these different, like, okay, maybe this is me getting a little bit on my soapbox. We're so protective- here in you know the U.S. about how we protect our babies from everything and every German and like that, and then the Nambia babies just sitting there being like, "I'm eating dirt, whatever," and it's fine, like they're not worried about it. Yeah, uh, March of the Penguins, which I did put on there as my honorable mention, Kent, even though he went, yeah, um, I think that movie is so overrated. I think it's so boring. Second highest grossing documentary of all time, Woo! and Morgan Freeman narration. And then finally, my last honorable mention is best worst movie. Which is so much fun because it's a movie about the making of Troll 2, which is one of the worst movies ever made. And if you haven't seen Troll Tool, stop listening to this podcast right now and go watch it. Really? Well, maybe wait till I- – we're almost done. So yeah, watch <laughs> it after it's over. Uh, but it's, it, it's such a bad movie that it's good. And then this documentary kind of – they talk to the actors. They talk about you know, how it was filmed. You realize there were some people in that movie who may have been crazy. And then the, the, the director – He's hilarious because he still doesn't get why everyone thinks it's funny. Like, he still thinks he made a masterpiece. Yes. that is funny, then. And then they they have this whole screening where it was filmed and stuff like that, which is in Utah. They filmed it in Utah. So they have this big screening, and they have a lot of people. They have a lot of the actors come out. And it's just, it's so much fun. So Best Worst Movie is an honorable mention. It didn't make our top 10 because it is kind of, you know, niche. But I recommend watching that one. All right. Your honorable mentions? Let's hear it. Yes, my first one is Exit Through the Gift Shop. This one is about modern art,
0: essentially. It's directed by Banksy, who does, like, all the mysterious, like, graffiti art kind of around the world. He's a scoundrel. It's kind of a shtick, I guess. But he directs this movie and essentially kind of punks his own genre. There's, like, art studios in New York and throughout the world that have graffiti art or pop art. Right. And so he gets just, like, this schlub. And he says, "Hey, I want you to make this graffiti art and see if you can become famous." And so this guy does, and he becomes famous and gets a big head. And all he's doing is stealing other people's art. But that's the thing. Banksy says, "You know, maybe like critics and art itself is a bit broken." And uh, that's actually my next one. My kid could paint that. Is my next honorable mention. I want to see that one. You should. So it's it's about like a six year old girl who paints basically like a Jackson Pollock sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but a lot of splatters. Yeah, people love it. And it kind of follows her, and, like, she's on the news and everything. But then everyone's like, hey, wait, the father's a failed artist. Like, maybe we should investigate this further. And that's where the documentary goes. And so they try to verify who actually did this. Oh, there's one called Senna about a, uh, I think he's a Formula One race. Yeah. race racer. No, 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 he's a designer for the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Senna. Oh, That's dear. Senna. Ah. Cinnamon. So, <laughs> Senna is a race car driver and went through a Senna horrific was a race accident. Car driver. And uh, it's kind of a great but really sad story. That one was actually on my list because I'd heard you a lot should of watch good things it. about that one. Yeah. yeah.
1: But those are my three. Cool. So, then Kent and I are both going to talk about our number one, which we, we actually agreed on without collaborate we This is our number one. Yeah, this is my number one. I own this one. I actually I watch it occasionally because I pull it out. This is I, I'm sure you do the same. If I get a large group together to watch movies, this will probably be my go-to movie. This is a fun one to watch in a group especially. Yes. It's a 2007 American documentary film called The King of Kong, colon, A Fistful of Quarters. Jake, have you seen this one? I've heard you guys talk about it, King of Kong, but yes. that's it. So, and this is essentially... The battle to get the high score on a Donkey Kong arcade game, and it sounds nerdy, and it is quite nerdy, but oh <laughs> man, is it hilarious! And it's because these real people turn into this, you know, main protagonist, Steve Weeby. Weeby, I can never say his name. Weeby. Well, before we mentioned him. Oh, okay. Uh, unless you were giving the plot. Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say basically it's it's Steve Weeby versus Billy
0: Mitchell. So this movie goes back to 1983. Yes. And they had a like a, basically an arcade championship in New York City. Wait, do they have footage and stuff? From footage. 19- okay. Yes. Okay. Billy Mitchell, this wonder kid of arcade games, comes out and gets now, the high score
1: in Donkey Kong. I want, you to, I want you just to picture Billy Mitchell with me. I want you to picture long mullet hair.
0: Nowadays. Old, this is
1: him nowadays. Yeah, And a big, okay. old, and a big old mustache. That's right. Billy Mitchell. And he is one Steve of the Weavey, best. Steve I want you to picture high school science teacher. Yes. That's Steve Weeby. <laughs> Billy Mitchell is one of the best movie so it's villains. Kind of funny already. Yeah, one of the best movie villains of all time. And it's it's the, here's the thing: is like Billy Mitchell actually got mad at the documentary makers because it's these two guys battling for the high score, basically. And Billy Mitchell is the king. Everyone loves Billy Mitchell. Everyone because this nerd underground is like he's a legend. He's had the best score for thirty
0: years. And this is Mullet Man. Yes, yes, not the geek. And guy. then but there's he, this other guy, but he's his- a villain. There's like, this other guy in his garage, and he's like, hey, I, need, I want to try to get the high score. For some reason, yeah. I'm going to get it. And so he sends a videotape of, uh, of him getting the highest score ever, sends it to the Guinness. Twin Galaxies. Yeah, Twin Galaxies, which is kind of the Guinness checkers for video games, the yeah. Guinness World Book Checkers. It's an organization that, and, that monitors video and game And because, they, okay. because they're so on Billy Mitchell's side, they say the, the video is it, it's no good.
1: Like there, there could have been, been some editing. There's like there's some tracking issues here. You could have edited the video. Also, <laughs> and so they bring Steve Wiebe into and Billy way. Mitchell into a competition together. Yes, <laughs> and it is amazing. And you you kind of you kind of uh, didn't get quite where I wanted to go with the okay. villain thing because Billy Mitchell he's a villain in, in this movie. Like he is straight up the villain. Like he's just this cocky jerk, and he actually was going to he got in the interviews and was like mad at the producers. And, and Billy this. Mitchell is the famous one. He's, he's the, he's he's the one, he was the king of the hill for a long okay, time. Okay, So there. he's our protagonist villain. He's no, the, he's the villain. Straight he's up. Straight Steve, up Steve, we, you text. like, you like Steve. You don't like okay. Billy. Okay. But they, Billy was all like, I'm going to sue you guys, you know, for how you portrayed me. And they, and the, the producers came back and said, we actually made you more likable on the movie <laughs> than you are in real life. Okay. <laughs> he's the kind of guy
0: where he's like, look at my tie. I'm the best. Yes. He says and that he's like, what does he say? Like he has like an American flag on it. Oh, and he's man. like, three letters say that uh, my, you know, because I wear this tie and the best. And they're like, what are the letters T-I-E?
1: And he's like, USA, I'm the best. Something like and that. And it's just so stupid. Like this. And but, then then you get Steve Weeby, who's playing in his garage. And he's recording, like he's getting close to beating the record. And all of a sudden you hear his kid in the background be like, Dad, wipe my bottom. Dad, <laughs> yeah. and wipe his, my bottom. You, you see his wife and she's like... I just go along because I want to make him happy. Yeah, and like it, it shows her side a lot. And actually, is, wow. and, and the thing is, Steve literally is—he's a teacher at a school, and he's just a nice guy who's trying to do something. He wants to do something with his life, make it, you know, make an impression somewhere or something like that. He wants to be in a band, mm-hmm. um, but he is just a likable everyman. And then you got him going against this big shot Billy Mitchell, who's you know had the score forever. And I will say this. We're, we're not going to talk about the ending because no. this is it's one of those movies. Say, but without mentioning what actually happens at the end, right. this one will have you watching
0: through the closing credits. Yes. You should watch all the, the way through the credits. action keeps going through and will have you researching the movie after the fact. Because that's what I wanted to say.
1: Is huh. After you've seen The King of Kong, colon, A Fistful of Quarters, which you can watch it at your local library, $2 on Amazon or Netflix DVD or just borrow it from me. Um, but go buy Honestly, go buy it on, uh, on Amazon. It's so good. It's so worth it's it. It's so entertaining. But... After it's over, I recommend going to the website or going to the Wikipedia page because they list what's happened since the movie came out. And I want to say – I want to see another documentary that picks up where this one left off and shows what <laughs> happens because there is so much going on here. In I have it all written down. I'll tell you guys after. But it's so fun. And it's such a fun movie. Like. I mean, they have uh, you're the best around playing, yep. and they have like a great soundtrack to get you all pumped up. And you literally feel like it's like this epic battle when really it's just guys playing video games. And Steve Wiebe is the
0: best every man. He is the underdog you root for this entire movie because he's against it like
1: this posse full of geeks. <laughs> yeah. Like he walks in and he's like, this is so weird. Like, like he kind of gets weirded out by the whole atmosphere of it yeah. all. But he's just, he's a guy you can totally relate to, and then you just want him to take down Billy Mitchell so badly but Billy Mitchell is darn good that's the problem huh
0: like Jake, it, Jake honestly this fun this, this is the one you need to watch this weekend you should yeah you really should okay. like you'll be texting us and you'll say
1: we believe <laughs> that's his last name <laughs> we be we believe ah uh, yeah but okay, so there you go. There's our top 10 all right, guys. I'll that's watch our it. documentary starter kit. Yeah, Jacob, so we, I, I do want to ask you out of all, we talked about the 10, we had honorable mentions. Which one stuck out most in is. your mind as you want to I'll read the names again. So first we had Spellbound, Hoop Dreams, The Wolf Pack. Do you want
0: to growl? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, what are you pointing to me? The Up Series, The Cove, Supersize Me, Catfish, Grizzly Man, Man on Wire, and King of Kong. Okay, so I see Man on Wire. That's the only one. Okay. Um, And there were honorable mentions, too, so if any of those stuck out, let us know. Well, King of Kong, yeah, that definitely sounds the most appealing. Um, Hoop Dreams, you actually talked up a whole lot more, considering it was, what, number eight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Like, that one seems like you even liked that one more, maybe, than some of your higher-ranked ones. I think
1: it was because it was one of the first documentaries I saw, like, sat down and actually, you know, I'm going to watch this documentary. Okay. I think three hours kind of scares me
0: away, because most of these documentaries on this list are 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's about where I'd want them. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Co like Grizzly Man, I want to see, but I don't necessarily want to watch to completion. I think you need like. To, I, I'm kind of. I kind of just want to see what it looks like and then walk away. You won't be able to stop. <laughs> you it's think so, so <laughs> good. Well, in Werner Herzog's voice, hmm. honestly. So number one and number three you watch. hoop dreams right. maybe? Which one, Mesmerizing. There it is. Which one? If you guys were going to pick one specifically for me, what would it be? If there's well, another one in there?
1: I, I would pick King of Kong as, as the one for you because I know you're into video games. Mm-hmm. I know you like a good story. And it is just one of those highly entertaining documentaries. The King of Kong or Catfish? Or Ooh, Catfish. Catfish should be a good one too. Yeah, Catfish is up there actually. Okay.
0: So King of Kong, Catfish, Hoop Dreams. Grizzly Man. Yeah, maybe Grizzly Man. That's my
1: list. you going to do a Grizzly Man Cove double feature one night? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll probably never watch the Cove. <laughs> it yeah. will change you. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then if you guys know of any documentaries, good documentaries, good documentaries that we could watch. Right. Uh, do they have to be good? They have to be good. Oh, okay. I'm not going to watch dumb documentaries. I've seen too many of those. But uh, if you, uh, I was going to say, let us know on baconcell.com or on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, let us know, because we love, like like we wanted to share some of the documentaries we love with you. We love it when you share recommendations with us. Exactly. So, if you want to find me, you can find me at seventy six joel on Twitter, or you can also find me at QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to
0: read my movie reviews, it's ShowtimeShowdown.com you can find me on twitter at jacob a. rogers also go find bacon sale on twitter if you're not already following us it's a lot of fun there and you, uh, we interact constantly all the time yep constantly and uh if, and again buy go to yeah yeah buy our merchandise if you want some of that it's it's pretty cool stuff or at least go go take a look go to gumroad.com slash bacon sale or look for the links on twitter and facebook and now you've been listening to bacon sale in their natural habitat
1: From the land of the ice and snow
0: And Jacob From my basement Congratulations, Sam You were good Ooh. at something no. For a limited time
1: I heart Elizabeth Shue I heart her No, no You're a swinghead Like the rest of them All the fans <laughs> out there <laughs> The title was Millennial 2 Even more millennial Ew no, 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 So they don't <laughs> get to watch documentaries,
0: and you punish them for not doing basically. basically. If I ever board, yeah. I just go read the parents' guide. No wonder you're single. This is my single. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. See? Will you
1: marry me, boy? <laughs> is that
0: legal? After your restraining order? <laughs> and you just get this weird feeling,
1: like he doesn't really... the special feeling? And Kim would also say it's great to make out here goes, out to, uh, here goes out to Bruce, Jackie, Simon, Andrew, John, Peter, Susan, Charles, Nicholas, Neil, Lynn, Paul, Suzanne, and Tony. Are those your kids? Joel's <laughs> a big Flipper fan. Joel loves Flipper. Is, is it actually apples?
0: about wolves? It is not about wolves. In fact, that's deceptive. I'm out. Spellbound about spelling. The Goof Dreams about basketball. See? Pack? No wolves. Yeah. What's the this going to be about? The gray. The didn't even see it even though it was about wolves because I didn't know it was about wolves. <laughs> what color <laughs> the wolves, Kent? The gray. <laughs> I suppose Liam Neeson and Wolves it's a great movie (laughs) I I haven't heard about it is that Wolves in it?
1: Okay, speaking of delicious dolphin meat, it made me feel so
0: many emotions that I thought I never could.
1: I gotta do something to light Mood catch.
0: This one is rated PG 13 for steamy texts and minor swears.
1: Women, sharks, shark women, nights. No, 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 you're missing one. Ketchup and eggs mixed together. That's not a fear. Uh, like an Ann Getty's documentary. I'm eating dirt, whatever. Dad, wipe my bottom.